Hello, hello, and welcome to Twin Flame Transformation. My name is Michelle, and I will be your host and guide. On today's episode, I'm so excited to have my guest, Erin Gilbert. Erin is a twin flame who is in union, and she's going to share with us a lot about her story and also her experience of being with a false twin. She is a second generation Reiki healer and psychic medium, and she does Reiki and spiritual coaching and is the founder of Recovery. I'll provide all her info for you on my bio. So today, let's welcome Erin. Hi, Erin. Welcome. Hi, Michelle. I couldn't be more thrilled to be talking with you. This is so exciting. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. I'm, I bet my uh, listeners are dying to know, as I am, how did you recognize your twin flame and how did you come into union? Uh, so we first met 32 years ago. Uh, it turns out we had incarnated in this lifetime um, about three years and two days apart. So we are also Gemini twins, which we get a little kick out of laughing about from time to time. Um, We actually met the very first day of high school. And as is common, and and your listeners will probably recognize from um, the lessons that you've taught all of us, Michelle, uh, I recognized I being the the divine feminine, identifying as the divine feminine in the um, twin flame dynamic recognized the soul connection before he did. However, um, we've always over this 32 year period held space for one another. We've never gone more than a couple of years without having some kind of significant connection. We have tried to be in union um, three times, two really big times, uh, three times total, this being the fourth. (laughs) And the reason that I would say we are in a lasting union at this point is because we both um, have conscious awareness of the twin flame dynamic. We both accept and believe that we are in it. Um, But most importantly, we both acknowledge and, and really enjoy sharing about the fact that we've done an entire decade each of shadow work, dark night of the soul work. Um, We now identify as the healed masculine and feminine rather than the wounded. And so that's the the different piece that after three decades makes me, we do believe we're in lasting union at this point. It has a lot to do with the work having been done uh, on ourselves as individuals and with the accomplishment of um, really arriving at a place of of understanding pure divine self-love and unconditional love for the self, but also the recognition of how very unconventional our relationship is, how it doesn't fit on an Excel spreadsheet, (laughs) you know, Um, and really getting secure enough with our individual self-love that we can stand up to the rest of the outside world and kind of say, hey, we're flying our twin flame freak flag. Our relationship doesn't look like everybody else's, but it is right for us. It is our soul connection and our soul's union that just doesn't look the same as everybody who maybe spends their Saturdays at Home Depot. I don't know. (laughs) Wow, that is, I could feel that in my body when you were talking, how the power in that, the power in standing in your truth 
and yeah. the unconventionality and not caring what people think and the self-love. I can feel the self-love radiate off of you. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And what a great distinction, right? The healed feminine and masculine. Yeah. That's the biggest difference. And when we came back into union this time for this lasting union, we both recognized, and gosh, it's just been radiating out from us. People um, who don't understand this kind of connection are still noticing the shift in our energies. Um, coming into union really, for me, was the final piece of, of healing the divine masculine within myself. I think that I've been in a period of healing the divine feminine within myself for um, really at least a very focused six or seven years, but that's been an element of the whole decade of intense healing work that I've been doing. Um, but when I came back into union with my twin, it almost just felt like it sealed the deal. Like it was like the last puzzle piece mm -hmm. of healing the divine masculine within myself. and. I've seen a reflection of that in my outward life because I'm feeling more of that like driver hunter energy, the motivation to, um, you know, be out in the world more than, than I had been for the last maybe five years, six years or so um, in more of like a, in a high earner capacity, for example. Um, in addition to my energy work, I've been feeling a pull to maybe get back into like a corporate career, um, which is just something I never ever expected to see from myself. And then conversely in my twin, we're seeing, you know, sort of a, a divine feminine really being rounded out for him, you know, more of a nurturing, um, kind of tending to the home fires <laughs> sort of energy. Um, cooking and things like that. And of course, I don't mean to put like gender role labels on this. And I hope, you know, your listeners will be reminded that when we, we talk about the divine feminine, feminine, divine masculine, it's, it's not associated with gender or sexuality. It is really about the yin and the yang, right? Wow, what a great reflection. Thank you. <laughs> and, and has anything changed being in union? You know, this is the question I get a lot from people like what, what yeah. changed when you're in union? Is it everything that, you know, I think even for me earlier, I thought it would be fireworks and right. It would just be yeah. like that fairy tale ending, but really it all starts with you. So, I mean, I'm yeah. curious to hear from you. What has much changed being in physical union? So one of the lasting union. Yeah, that's a good, I love that, Michelle. Um, one of the changes is, is definitely seeing that the completion of the healing um, we have felt that with this wholeness mm. that is really unparalleled. It's almost difficult to describe. It reminds me of being in an incredibly deep, um, transformative meditation, uh, that kind of feeling that you get. So it's less feeling like fireworks and more feeling like I can sit right next to this person and be completely in like peaceful solitude mm. you know um it feels like unity it just feels like being one with everything yeah and being very comfortable there oh how beautiful yeah I love it yeah it's really a special experience and to be able to have um the the conscious awareness of 
the unique dynamic that we have and to be able to have that conversation. We come to it from very different sides. There's absolutely the polarity going on, um, but it doesn't feel, I mean, it certainly would not be something like a feeling of competition or a feeling of opposition or being opposites or anything like that. It feels like just contrast, like different ends of the spectrum, but it's the same spectrum. So for mm -hmm. instance, we will, you know, spend maybe two or three days where we, we talk on the phone, but we don't get together. Um, we are still living separately technically. And, um, will kind of go out and, and radiate the energy and the new awarenesses and learnings and, and understandings that have come to us through our union. We'll just go, go about our, you know, 3D world duties and um, kind of radiate that out to others. And then we'll come back together and we'll rebalance our energies and we'll talk about what we've learned and shared. And then we seem to go out and radiate mm. it out to others again. But we both come to those learnings and here's where the contrast or the polarities comes in is that we both come to these learnings and new awarenesses from a very different method, if you will. Like uh, our union has activated my twin's dreams and his like subconscious sort of musings. Um, and he's talked about that a lot. He's very interested and excited in that. And it's not like he wakes up and remembers his dream, but he'll wake up and just go, oh, I understand something about the universe this morning that I didn't understand yesterday. And it's immediate that when he begins to share it with me, I will also have that understanding. Oh. Um, you know, a conversation can, to an outsider, probably sound like it has no content whatsoever. He'll, he can say, oh, I had a dream last night and I woke up realizing that this is how it is now. And I'll go, yeah, that's, you're right. I get it. That's how it is now. And it's like, you know, someone else <laughs> is going, what's how, what is now? But we just understand. And it's some new, really like aha moment about um, how the universe works and how energy works all around us. And conversely, the contrast or where I'm at on that spectrum is that I'll get this information from meditation or from spending time with my friend's kids, um, something that is very different from what my twin is doing, but we're, we're, hmm, we're experiencing it in the same way. Our internal experience mirrors one another. Our outside experience looks very different. Ah, what so a beautiful makes, distinction. Yeah. yeah, that's really great. Very mm -hmm. discerning. Yeah, yeah, and we really have a, a profound awareness of the fact that our relationship has a purpose. It has a greater purpose. It has a purpose to help heal the collective. And so this really has nothing to do with, you know, are we going to share a bank account? Are we going to buy a house together? Do we need a white picket fence? You know, it, that doesn't really factor into even our vernacular for the most part, um, because we, we do fully and completely see and understand the ramifications of us aligning and balancing our energies together and sharing it with the outside world. We see because we both incarnated into this lifetime with um, mothers who are psychics and who are healers, uh, we've been able to see reflected back to us pretty clearly mm. how our balancing of energies as unique 
um, flames and then are balancing the, in order to support one another's flame and create that third flame that you talk about as the Christ child flame, uh, we can get pretty immediate feedback because we are in circles with people who understand this kind of uh, elemental relationship. Um, so we, we get to do like a little bit of sort of playing with it, if you will, you know, yeah. it's kind of like a fun little playground for us because we do have people around us who can speak this twin flame language and they may not even, you know, use that twin flame vernacular, like I say, but they understand how we are shifting our resonance, how our souls resonate at the same frequency um, or have that same, you know, identical signature. Um, and then they can recognize the work that we do. Like we'll, we'll spend a weekend together and then we'll have dinner with his mom two days later. And she's like, oh, you guys have been busy. I can tell that you've elevated, you know, like because she's reading our energy uh, rather oh than, my gosh. you know, as, as like a 3D relationship. So it's- I am cool. having like full body goosebumps listening to this. Isn't that so cool? Yes. So what a gift to have that feedback, that resonance, yeah. right? Reflected back. And thank you for sharing that because that's helpful for all of us, uh -huh. self included, right? To have that feedback. Yeah, you. yeah. You know, and you probably, I mean, we as your listeners, Michelle, can tell when you're doing your inner work because it's coming through in your messaging and it's coming oh. through the energy that you put into the podcast. And so I think that is the key. And you've touched on that. I know you're you're consciously aware of that fact that all of us twin flames, whether we're in union with our twin or not, we are here as healers. We are here to, you know, bring an element of um, guidance and like, I want to say management to how everyone approaches their energy field. Um, because that's how we ultimately, you know, we raise, we tend to our own energetic vibration and ultimately we radiate it out from our experience and we raise the vibration of those around us and eventually of the whole planet. I mean, that's, that's the way that this works. That's the way so many of us are reuniting. And in fact, as a point of interest, and I don't mean to by any means take this in a political direction, but I think that we can objectively agree that um, mandatory quarantine and, and, you know, enforced lockdown periods have happened across the world. And um, what that has done for the balance of the divine feminine and divine masculine in our universe is to force everyone into this uh, place of solitude where they're being quiet, they're in their homes, they're nesting, right? And when that happened oh, off and on again for a period of what, 18, 22, 23 months, I mean, it's, you know, it really shifted the balance of the divine masculine energy that we were all in when we were all in like the extreme rat race and you live in LA. So you yeah. know what I'm talking about the rat race. I mean, the freeways cleared in Los Angeles in 2020 and it was like nothing you had seen before. I mean, the wildlife started coming back and yeah. wandering around the city and, and this was happening all over the world. And so what that did for us um, universally, especially as we were being already escorted into the age of Aquarius, um, which is a big factor in this, is, is that it allowed the planet to step into a period of healing that divine feminine 
because we were all forced into that energy and out of the masculine that we had been in for so long. And so it helped to achieve a balance of the yin and the yang energies. And I believe that that's, and tell me what you've seen from your client base, Michelle, if this is accurate, but I've seen so many more twin flames um, reuniting or at least awakening to yeah. their twin or to the fact that they have one out there. Yeah. Um, I think as partially as a result of this, what, what yes. do you think? Absolutely. I, okay. I've seen that. I've definitely have seen that. And I think yeah. I've also seen um, people shifting careers because of it. Oh yeah. Big time. Right. And going yeah. into more, more conscious of what they're doing. Yeah. And, and self-love that like, you, thank you for saying all that. That was so beautifully reflected. So powerful. Thank you. So necessary to name, you know, and, yeah. and I think the, um, the self-reflection, like you said, back to the feminine within all of us, yeah. right. Coming back to the earth and the earth, you know, letting the earth breathe. I remember seeing so many yeah. dolphins out by the beach, like every day yeah. I go and there would so be, did, so did you? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's beautiful. That's a great, thank you. Yeah. So good. So good, Erin. Um, I also wanted to bring up because you about your false twin, that that was such a catalyst for your healing for your and your twins healing. Yeah, very much so. So it's actually noticeable that there were physical um, similarities, very much so. In fact, um, at both, both my, my true twin and I both had um, well, I can't speak to whether he uses the terminology of a false twin flame and I don't want to talk for him, but I see the energy as being that way. And I certainly was in my own false twin flame dynamic. Um, and this was over this last decade of doing the inner work and doing the really deep healing. And for, in my experience, my false twin, um, who was quite a bit older than me. And I thought it was interesting that my, my true twin his false twin was quite a bit older than him as well. <laughs> um, and yet we all shared some physical characteristics that, you know, almost, I don't know, from a soul connection sense, it was almost like I was looking at this person through a foggy veil and I thought I recognized him as, you know, mm -hmm. but really he, he just very much was able to impersonate my twin. Um, I almost want to use this as a cautionary tale to your listeners, because what I have found is that there is so much information out there um, that can really be used to justify um, you under the name of twin flame love or twin flame reunion or, you know, <laughs> what twin flame bliss and pain. That was a phrase I coined well when I was with my false twin. Um, there's a lot of bad information that we can actually use to, to justify bad behavior in relationships. Um, the classic twin flame push-pull dynamic, runner-chaser dynamic, twin flame dance dynamic, whatever you want to call it, it's all alluding to this mm, because of the polarities and the du duality in the twin flame relationship, there can be that one who is, is, you know, wanting lasting union with the other and sort of chasing after them. And maybe the other is sort of running away or is, is in some kind of um, life situation that doesn't allow them to be with their true twin or whatever the case may be. But it also, there are a lot of 
very toxic relationship dynamics that also would mask or, you know, could, could masquerade, I should say, as that runner chaser dynamic. So I really want your listeners to, to just be really mindful and aware that we never want to use the twin flame dynamic in order to, to rationalize or tell ourselves, oh, I should stay in this relationship where, you know, she's disappearing off the face of the earth and giving me the silent treatment for two weeks. There's no respect there, but that's my twin flame. She's just being a runner and I'm being a chaser, you know, that's not okay because there can be a lot of psychological trauma and abuse that happens in those kinds of toxic dynamics. And we don't want to use the twin flame mm, story or paradigm in order to justify us being in a relationship that mm -hmm. is not giving us the respect that we deserve, because that really takes us away from the all important self love, which is the only true path to your true and lasting union with a twin flame, right? Yeah. Or, or only path to yourself, <laughs> whether you ever, yeah. you know, incarnate this um, relationship that you want. Uh, we, we need that self love for ourselves. So the truest test of whether you're with your false twin or your true twin is to spend a conscious um, period of time frequently, uh, routinely, create a cadence and a discipline to it of giving yourself real deep divine self-love. Mm -hmm. What will happen as a result is that if you're really reflecting love to yourself, and here's a really easy way to do this. I use longing as um, a, a really good touchstone for your listeners to, to try and experiment with this and begin to play with, with um, developing this skill set for themselves. If you think about who you think is your twin and let yourself feel the just that deep, desirous longing that you have for them. And I don't mean that it's a body thing, a sexual thing necessarily. It's just that, that soul connection desire that you have. Let yourself spend a moment really feeling, and listeners, you could do this right now, really let yourself feel that longing. Place your awareness on the physical area around your heart and feel what that longing feels like. And you might even want to take a moment and jot down with some notes like, oh, my heart feels like it's being pulled, like it's opening, like it's kind of melty, like it's, you know, to me, it's like warm Hershey's chocolate. <laughs> Without the, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the marshmallow dipped in. Yeah. But the point is now take that feeling, take that warm Hershey chocolate melty heart feeling <laughs> and radiate it back to yourself. Spend some time letting your heart just, just become part of that feeling. But for you, for that divine inner spark inside yourself, yeah. if you struggle with self-love at all, when you look in the mirror, don't look at your face. Don't look at how you've got that funny eyebrow that your mom has. And, you know, my face is starting to get these jowls that my brother has. Come on. <laughs> look into the iris of the eye. Find the soul in there. And 
find that divine spark that's in your heart. Um, you know, you can feel sometimes if you really let yourself go there, you can feel like you're just like swimming in your own soul. You can get into that meditative space of just reflecting this self-love back to yourself. And the point of this listeners is that when we do that, the false twin flame is going to become repelled by you giving yourself self-love. You just then observe the behavior of this person who you think is your twin. This is the litmus test. This is how you discover for sure. You don't have to Google, is this my real twin flame? That's not going to get you anywhere good. You have to ask your heart. And this is the way you ask it. You observe their behavior and try to observe it from a place of neutrality. Don't look at it with like, oh, but I wish, you know, that's, that's just, you're love bombing yourself. You're creating a trauma bond with this person. You're the one doing it. If, if you're going to, you know, try and, and hold on to this cord of, of wishing and hoping and dreaming instead of looking at the reality and getting into true acceptance and surrender to what is. Um, so watch if, the, if when you send yourself self-love, the person you think is your twin reacts by manipulating the situation, by causing some kind of um, distraction by creating a disruption in your relationship with them so that they then gain the upper hand, they gain the control. Um, something that happened in mine a lot was that he would literally disappear. Like I would be calling hospitals, you know, is he okay? What happened? I'd be calling his mom, you know, I, I don't, and he's sitting right here. He's fine. I don't know what you're talking about, but it, that, that was his way of interrupting me and my ability to give myself self-love so that he maintained control of the relationship. And it was just toxicity, you know, um, that I mistook for, for a twin flame. Your true twin flame, when you do this exercise and do this regularly, because you get the self-love out of it, whether you're finding out about your twin flame or not, um, your true twin flame is gonna find that to be the most appealing point of attraction. The more time you spend giving yourself that deep self-love, the more your twin is attracted to you. Now, whether that manifests in the 3D, in your life experience, whether it fits into your ego's timeline, uh, big fat question mark, you know, <laughs> good luck. It, it doesn't work that way, kids. Uh, but you will begin to feel it in, in your soul connection. They will be sensing it whether you get to text about, you know, whether they picked up on it or not, like you may not be consciously aware um, of that connection with them, but you're going to feel it at the soul level. That is so good. That is so <laughs> important, Erin. I love that exercise. Oh, Thank good. you. So good. It feels good too. Yeah. <laughs> feels yeah. good. So now how did you get out of this then? Like if someone had told you, like if you had heard what you're sharing, yeah. At the beginning of your false twin relationship, would you have been able to hear it? So gosh, that's a fun question. Um, I think I would have been relieved to hear mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I had a level of awareness of the toxicity of, of the dynamic um, all the while, but I was so desperately clinging um, and mind you, you know, he, he was a tremendous catalyst for illuminating what I needed to be, yeah. what I needed to heal, you right. know? Um, so the pain, um, 
I just wish that I had had the awareness then that, that the pain was really psychological abuse. It was, um, you know, it was not a runner chaser dynamic. It was a person who, who was creating a trauma bond, preying on me because I was vulnerable. I was doing dark night of the soul work. I was looking at all of the unhealed parts of myself and someone who for whatever reason, probably has their own trauma and has learned some um, less than healthy behaviors and, and relationship tactics, um, you know, probably through no fault of their own, but a very unhealed masculine energy uh, was what I was dealing with. And he was able to, to use those mm, shadow self qualities that I was looking at in myself in order to shame and blame and control me. And so I just think in this world, and especially, you know, Michelle, you're in Los Angeles. I mean, especially if you're in LA, like Sam Venk, who is a, um, an aware uh, narcissist who actually has narcissistic personality disorder, not just some traits. Um, he uses his experience as a narcissist and, and has some sociopathic qualities as well, but he actually uses that to educate others about, um, you know, what to watch out for. And the, the crux of this is that the dating pool, the online dating pool for people in their like ages 35 to 55 in LA, probably in New York city too, you know, is like the biggest resource for just rampaging narcissists and toxic people. And, um, that a lot of those personality traits can mirror, um, twin flame type relationships, because what happens usually is that there's some kind of trauma bond created. Um, a lot of love bombing is going on, which masquerades like a blissful honeymoon period with some kind of soul recognition. Um, some tox toxic individuals can be very um, adept at, very skillful at being like a chameleon, you know, and sort of really observing like, what's your energy level? What do you really love? You know, what lights up these, um, you know, micro expressions in your face, they can watch all of that and morph themselves into appearing to be your dream come true, which is your twin flame, right? Um, and so many of us as twin flames are, are empaths, we're deeply empathic people. So many of us are highly sensitive people. So many of us um, could fall anywhere on, on a spectrum of, of certain, you know, personality, um, I don't like to say disorders, but I guess that's how the DSM would, would phrase it. So that's okay, probably to use. But um, a lot of us are spectrum people. A lot of us are um, vulnerable in the sense that we are healers. We're highly trusting in divine universal laws and trusting in the pure love and the goodness that all people possess. And so it can make us become prey to some individuals who really don't align with that vibration, but are able to resonate at a frequency that is lower, that is in harmony with our high vibration. And so again, we just pick up on that resonance and we feel like, oh, we're off to the races. This is my twin flame. And we become blind, you know, to the abuse of it. So, so I really do want to give your listeners that tool to just practice and practice and practice 
Um, because the more you're giving yourself that self-love, the less vulnerable you are to anyone who might be predatory, but also the more you give yourself that self-love, the more you will be able to, to really shine a clear light on what is going on in your dynamic and your relationship. And sorry, I can talk for hours, Michelle, but your question was, how do you get out of it? Yeah. Right. Um, and so for me, I, I think that I would have wanted to hear what I'm sharing right now. I think it, it might have been hard for me to hear because I pretty much had my my claws dug into thinking that that was my true twin. Um, but I think the answer to how to get out of it is to remain curious. Um, my mom always says, be curious, not serious. <laughs> so, you know, be asking questions rather than like putting a vice grip on what you think is your true twin. Um, you can't smother your true twin because their flame would just go out and you would repel them and they'd go running away to live 3000 miles away from you like mine did. But, <laughs> but when you fan that flame, they're always going to be there in some capacity yeah. for you. And so I think that the answer to how do you get out of the false twin flame is just, you know, keep fanning your own flame, keep that self-love going. And eventually it's going to point you in the direction of the capital T truth. And, and you'll know that that's the way to go. Ooh, gosh, Erin, so much I have to say about this. I mean, what <laughs> valuable information. And I think this is part, like you said, part of the twin flame journey, because when we're going yeah. back to divine truth and yeah. self-love and divine love, anything that's not aligned with that will come to the surface and yes. the universe will, if you're asking for this twin flame union, yeah. right? Harmonious, lasting, divine twin flame union, the universe will test you. And I hate to use that word, but that's sort of how the universe works. It'll bring things forward yeah. to show you, to reflect back to you what, so you can see what's false, what's true. Yes. Because as you say all this, I think, gosh, I've had similar experiences with teachers or false gurus yes. that I followed because of certain like twin flame label or this. And I was vulnerable and wanting, you know, answers so deeply. Yeah. And when I would turn the self-love on myself, there was a disconnect. Yep. And I'm seeing that parallel. So gosh, I could say that I've had a similar experience. It just showed up in a different way. And I think maybe what I'm hearing yeah. is that maybe this is part of the twin flame path too, is we are going to be shown these false things so we can identify with the truth. We can find our truth. That is so true. I feel like you just reminded me of something that I had forgotten long ago. And it's kind of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? Like what's the thing that you want this nirvana um well we're gonna put some things in your path you know in your path to like really michelle is that yeah. really what you want you really yeah. want true unconditional love well yep. show it to us you know show yep. it to us like you've got to that's it i've been right yeah. my path i've been met with all of this stuff and that and that love for my twin flame that i have which yeah. i reflect back on myself yeah is what keeps me going, mm -hmm. right? It's that drive yeah. that, that keeps me going and they are the catalyst. He is my yeah. catalyst for my spiritual healing and awakening and my self-love. I mean, what a beautiful gift. Yeah, exactly. That they give us, right? Yeah. And you just can't, you know, have any measure of, of time around it because that's such yeah. a construct. And 
I mean, really, like I talked about the nature of the relationship is so unconventional. It's simply, it's actually not unconventional at all. It's just simply not part of the construct, Mm -hmm. you know, of this paradigm that a lot of people are running around thinking is, is the reality. We're living in an energetic world and we're energetic beings and we're having an experience of, you know, polarizing energy. Is that the right way to say that? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah, totally. Wow. This is incredible. And so if you could give one bit of advice for the listeners on path to twin flame union, I know you've said a lot about self-love, maybe that's it, but what would you say? I'm really happy that you thought to ask that because I do have something on my heart and it's so in line with that question. Um, It's that, so (laughs) I just think that this is cute. I came up with this a like a year ago when I started really following my bliss in order to attract into my experience everything that I want, which I do have now. Um, but I, I was thinking of how anytime the universe puts something in your path, however small it is, maybe it's like, oh, you wouldn't pick over to bet, you know, you wouldn't bend over to pick up this dime that you found, but that's a dollar bill. And you're like, oh, that felt like bliss, you know, Um, no matter how small the thing is, it's like there are these little breadcrumbs that the universe is dropping in front of you. And so I'm calling them bliss crumbs Mm. because I think that the key is simply to follow these bliss crumbs. So Mm. whether it's something tiny, like you found a dollar bill or it's something bigger, like, you know, two of your best friends just moved into the same town together and now you can visit them at the same time. I don't know what, um, that happened to me recently. So that's why it came to mind. (laughs) But, um, the key is to follow these bliss crumbs because they are open-hearted experiences that, that just give us pure bliss and joy. And no matter how tiny they may seem, they build on each other. And so the more I can have moments of pure bliss in my life, whether it's for one second or an hour, um, the more mm, skilled, I guess, the more resonant, I guess, I become with that open heart chakra focused way of living. And that truly is what not only enables me to stay in the mode of self-love and balance my energy appropriately so that I get to experience in, in my life a manifestation of all the things that I want and that, that feeling that I want to have, but it also is truly what attracts my twin mm. to me. And I, we've got this down to a science to the extent that Michelle, I will die with my iPhone in my hand. I mean, it's my most significant addiction and, um, and I don't want to stop. <laughs> I love my twin is the polar opposite. He could go 10 days without picking up his phone and it wouldn't occur to him that he should have picked up his phone. And so I will find myself in periods of really desirous longing just to hear his voice, you know, and as soon as I do it, I, as soon as I recognize you're longing, you're desiring, you're, you're wanting to pull his energy toward you. Um, that's my trigger. That's my cue for me to go into that, reflecting that self-love back to myself. And I kid you not within a minute and a half of me taking that and reflecting it back to myself, he'll text me Uh, or he'll call. And I'm 
look at how quickly this works. And so that's like a microcosm for the twin flame separation experience that probably many of your listeners are still kind of having to, to, you know, trudge through right now. Um, it, it actually is that immediate that the resonance happens immediately. You may not be seeing physical proof of that or evidence of that because you're not in union right now. There's physical separation happening, but I guarantee you on an energetic level, the same thing is happening for you. That when you take that moment and you reflect that longing for your twin back to yourself, your twin feels it. Yeah. And it's just remarkable. So So good. You know, whatever you do to heal yourself will heal your twin whatever you do to heal yourself will repel your false twin. So just keep watching for those, those, you know, flag posts and markers. (laughs) That is so good. And you know, what came up when you were saying all that is because sometimes we don't have, and I know early on in my experience, I didn't have that immediate, you know, now I can feel mine immediately energetically, but I didn't early on because Uh there's so much density, right? There was so much, um, stuff that I had to work through that energetically yeah. is dense energy around me. Right. And as I do my healing work, that density thins out. And so the immediacy yeah. of connection is, is quicker. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's like a sieve. I mean, if you've got, you know, if you've already used that, that strainer to, to drain your pasta water, you know, every night this week, it's going to yeah. be you know, cloudy and and not as much will get through it. And our energy centers work the same way. Our entire energy field or our aura um, can get really sticky with other people's stuff. Yeah. And then of course the dense energies that we hold in the in the body and even the out of body chakras, um, they really do kind of inhibit your um, uh, your ability to manifest, your ability to attract, your ability to resonate with that. You know, your twin flames signature that is the same as yours um that's actually a good second part to um answering your question about how do you get out of it with the false twin how do you heal from that um for me just in my personal experience it was all energy work it was Mm -hmm. all reiki work partly because that's what i was born into that's what i was exposed to that's what i knew and had available to me as a resource Um, it was a lot of inner child work for me but I think that that's just going to be different for everyone. I mean, probably everybody needs to do a lot of inner child work. I sort of find that across the board, not to, you know, put it, make an absolute statement, but yeah. I think, I think I tend to, or maybe that's what, you know, I get attracted to me is, is because that's what I went through so much inner child work, but I do find a lot of inner child work. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because that's when most of us, you know, encounter some kind of trauma that, that changes our conditioning and sets us up for um, some of that shadow stuff that we're going to have to to flesh out, you know? I have a question for you. So do you feel that the healing work you've done, have you been able to see it heal in your family line? Yeah, especially recently. It's amazing that you thought to ask that. So we had a really profound ancestral healing about, oh, it was so recent. It was only like six or seven weeks ago. Um, so tragically, Michelle, my only son died in just this past, yeah, just in April of 2020. Oh, just just like eight months ago. Um, and that was part of what forced me to, to move across the country where I ended up in union with my twin. Um, 
but my son has brought about some really significant ancestral healings. And because I'm a psychic medium, I've been able to participate in, gosh, I, I think I'm, I'm bridging the um, connection between those who have passed, um, you know, ancestrally um, are out of my heritage line, I guess is what I want to say. And those who are still incarnate right now. Um, but my son facilitates a lot of this for me. And he also has a really interesting harmony with my twin flame. Uh, since my twin and I have known each other for 32 years, he's met my son. And, um, but, you know, mostly just when my son was a little kid. So it wasn't like this was something we were all consciously aware of, but we're very aware of it now in twin flame union um, that we can talk about and, and see, you know, he, he picks up on all of those energetic resonances as well as I do. Um, so that's interesting that you ask that, but were you thinking, Michelle, has there been ancestral healing related to the twin flame union? Well, yes, because just, I know epigenetically, and I also know from the healing work I've done, I see it happen. I see it heal other members of my family just by my healing that DNA strand, it heals yeah. another family member. I see all of a sudden they're like, oh, I feel like this just healed in me. And I'm like, really? Yeah. So I just wondered if you witnessed any of that. Yeah. I wonder almost, you know, now that I hadn't thought about it this way until you asked that, but since both of um, my twin and I both have these mothers who do this kind of work, I almost wonder if that's been a little bit of a distraction for us from being mm. able to observe um, because we get so much, you know, feedback and interaction um, from those relationships that we may not be observing what's happening with other relationships, mm -hmm. or maybe those are the only two, you know, factors in our families who are, or characters in our families, I guess, um, who are getting the healing. Oh, that's that's going to be something I'm going to watch for observing. Oh, good. Now. Oh, yeah. I Keep me posted know. on that. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. That's a really good question. Um, I think what you said about the healing, the energy work healing and inner child work healing, I think that's it. That's that's what I know to be everything. Yeah. You yeah. know, so for all of you listeners, I'll put Aaron's info in the bio. And I think you're a great resource for people to go to, right? To oh, clear yeah. their energy field and get this healing. And you know the twin flame dynamic. And I always yeah. think people should go to people who have the twin, you know, if you're in a twin flame union, twin flame, sorry, dynamic and, and you're suffering in some way. Yeah right? And you know, you need healing. I think seeing someone who has this experience just helps. Yeah. Yeah. It can be really, as you know, excruciatingly painful, just so much pain. So um, much pain. And so anything that I can do to facilitate, you know, some, some alleviation of suffering, um, I'm more than happy to do. And, and even, you know, we haven't talked about this off screen, but it, it might be interesting for, for us to think about some kind of collaborative effort that can support yeah. people as well, because, you know, we kind of, we sort of bookend the, the yes. process of. Yes, you don't do, I don't do what you do. I don't do the Reiki healing, yeah. right? So yeah. That's a great compliment, both of our work together. That's actually, and it's funny you mentioned that because I actually was thinking that, but I wasn't going to say it. So it's great. That you it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> now, question for you, because oh. what just happened here where we we both were, you know, picking up on, on this, I don't know, co-creation yeah. that was floating out there. 
Um, that is something that I'm seeing happen a lot that other people in the same sphere with my twin flame and I, whether it be like a neighbor that we've never even met or, you know, a close friend or, or whoever, it could be anyone. We are seeing that, that people are, are having some other level of awareness or understanding. And, and there's like, well, of course there are a lot of synchronicities happening. That's a given, right? But have, are you seeing that too? That as you, mm, you know, harmonize with your twin, I guess is the way I want to say it. Do you get immediate acknowledgement from the universe with little yes. things like what just happened with us yes. where it's like, oh, I was thinking the same thing. Yes, thinking, that kind of yes thing. absolutely. And that's what, how I know because I feel in union with the universe yeah, with myself in the moment with things just like come and manifest. And, yeah. I, and I, I have a group of friends who are would not consider themselves spiritual at all. Uh-huh. And yet I'm seeing them and I'm thinking they're living spiritually. They're, they're becoming mindful. The veil has been shifted there. Oh, they've yeah. always been that, you know, but they're I'm seeing this magical shift and it's unbelievable, you know? Yes. And, and I think that term of, of being spiritual is we are spiritual beings. Right. We already are that, yes. right? It's because other, you don't need to go, be. yeah. Yeah. Meditate on a mountaintop for, I mean, right. you can, right? But, do you, but that's not what is being called right now. We're being called to be our own guru and our own, yeah. you know, spiritual leader. And it's all within yeah. our heart and within ourselves. And we're in this together. We're yeah. like you said, we're co-creating. And when yeah. we line up with that, the universe co-creates with us and shows us immediate. That is so like you just coming, you just bliss bombed me, right? By we yeah. connected what two days ago for the first time. Yeah. And here you are, like on the podcast. Like I know, I know. You know, that well, was really magical. That. Like yeah. I feel like yeah, synchronistic and totally divinely aligned. So you just talking about divine alignment, um, you just totally reminded me of something, Michelle. And it was when, when I was in the most excruciating part of the shadow work and the twin flame separation, I would go for these long walks around. I was in Pasadena, California at the time. And I would just tell myself over and over like a mantra, I would use my hands and I would direct them toward my heart. And I would go in and up, in and up because it was just a reminder to me when that was like all I could white knuckle hold on to in my pain was send the love in because that's what then shoots it up to source like finding the divine within myself in order to align with the divine that is ultimate that is right and so it is kind of that it's got that that line right the alignment I mean that is the alignment yes yeah I love that. I love that visual too, right? In and up. And that's so beautiful. Yeah, that's a good one. Again, so that's another good tip. Out there struggling. That's a little mantra for you. In yeah. And, and you know, as we talked about, like, you're not alone. We've, we both have struggled and been through this and there is light on the other side, right? Aaron, like yeah. it's amazing on the other side yeah. when you go through that work and the work's not easy. Yeah. Oh, but it is worth it. But it's so worth it. And you're such a testament to the fact that, you know, the goal is not physical union. It really isn't. Yeah. The goal is that peace that you found, Michelle. Yeah. And and I had that peace 
two years ago. That's how I finally got to the physical union. Um, but it had nothing to do with my choices or preferences or plans whatsoever. I mean, I got kicked in the butt so hard by the universe to, to get on over here to, to where I could be in this union. Um, that was excruciatingly painful. You can imagine, you know, yeah, I can't even imagine that sure sounds it. Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, everybody, hold on to the hope that you'll find yourself yeah. because that's what this path is really about and don't worry about uh your expectations <laughs> yes right because that really is ego god I remember kicking and screaming when I used to hear that when I was yeah. first on I was like no you mean I'm gonna finally find peace and then not want this relationship well what's the fun in that because it was like this goal right I wanted the you know I was a goal person you know that was my masculine side I was strong in my masculine my wounded masculine actually oh my gosh you know I wanted that goal of union I was gonna oh I was gonna get it and I used to like fist pump like yes I'm gonna get it you know and now when I actually think of you know being in physical 3d union I would, I would drop to my knees and complete reverence and humility and humbleness that this would align because I know I like, it's just beyond, you know, it's, that would just be, it wouldn't really change. It's funny. It wouldn't really change some things, but it really wouldn't change who I am and how I show up in the world. Right. It wouldn't change your sense of self, your sense of tranquility because you're already finding that within yourself which is the entire point and congratulations and well done you know but there's no like conquering energy that you yes which is what I used to approach it with yes come on come on you know (laughs) I mean one of the most helpful tools Michelle that you've given me in all of the listening that I do to your um, podcast is to really don't forget to really think of it as this precious little flame, just picture yeah. it, hold that visualization. Because if I throw conquering goal oriented yeah. energy onto a fire, yeah. I'm going to smother it. Yeah. I'm going to smother it. And so, you know, if I can continue to hold that visual in my mind, and sometimes I see it's so weird to me that this has been coming up lately because I don't have any kind of religious affiliation, but I have seen before the icon of what I think is called the sacred heart. And it's like Mm -hmm. a little flame inside a heart. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about carrying that little flame in my heart and like anything that I do in life, regardless of whether I'm consciously thinking of my twin at that moment or not, I have to just, you know, be gentle with that little flame, like give it, you know, but it's little TP boy scout, <laughs> you know, yeah. like kindling branches together so and good. You know, it and have my little bellows. <laughs> right, you can't just leave a fire because it will, it will just burn yeah. out. It'll either right burn out or it'll take, it'll, it'll burn out of control. Day. Yeah. That's such a, that's great. I love that picturing that in the heart and, and you, yeah. you do have to, it is constant work, you know, it does get easier. Right. right. I can, you know, I can get derailed every now, you know, cause I'm, we're on this human plane, right. We're still in this sure. law of polarities. We're still have all these things around us. It's just how yeah. we handle them, how we come back to center, how we come back into our alignment, come back to self-love, yeah. how do we keep that flame fanned every morning. Right. Right. Turning inward and, and yeah. I, again, I never thought I would be here because wow. it, takes ta- it takes time. Yeah. But people can feel it. You know, we can feel it vibrating off of you. Um, oh. 
and I know I touched on that earlier that your listeners can tell when you're doing your work. Um, but it's just, you know, I think that's the secret to, to anything that we're trying to walk through in this life is, you know, be, be aware, drop into acceptance, especially self-acceptance, um, and then surrender to, to whatever experiences are unfolding for you. Um, and watch for those bliss crumbs and follow them. <laughs> the bliss crumbs, I love the bliss crumbs. And you know, the work doesn't stop. I don't know, does it? The work, does the work, question, does the work stop when you're with your twin flame? No, I think it, you have to be more vigilant if you want to keep the union. Even more vigilant, right? Because that, I would imagine, because that energy and physicality has got to be, Yeah. I mean, I can only, yeah. It's like these little sparks happen. So it's like, we'll, we'll, not see each other for two or three days, which we have to do because we overwhelm each other with, it's like a course in miracles. Have you read a course in miracles? I'm very familiar with it. Okay. Such a great resource for any of your listeners. I mean, yeah. it's a classic, um, but uh, the twin flame dynamic when you're in union is really, well, actually, no matter what the whole time it's, it's really, um, it is, the poster child for the lessons that A Course in Miracles teaches mm. us, which is primarily that the kindest thing I can do for my partner is to work on myself. Mm -hmm. So anytime there's a dip, if I want to go into one of my lower vibration, um, I don't know, ruminating thoughts or uh, behaviors, um, it's not going to resonate well with my twin flame. I'm going to immediately see sense like opposition to that. And wow. when we get into that resistance, that's when the flame starts to flicker and, you know, get closer to being snuffed out. And so we recognize he and I consciously, we, I got to take a minute because I can't let you pour that water on my flame. I can't wow. let you do it. Um, now, the cool thing is that you might not get in a more conventional relationship um, is that we can do that. Like there's, it's very easy for me to say, I have to go tend to my energy. And he's like, go, go. <laughs> yeah. like, understand. I mean, it's like having a safe word or something, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. I, I got to go tend to my energy. Yeah. I have to go balance my energy. And we will literally say that to each other. And it's just great. Go, go. Because I, I know agree. that letting you go to do that is helping me. Yeah. 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 And there's no need or control on the other for the other person to say, no, but I need you with me. Right. There's right. none of that. But you promised, are you none of that old right. relationship sort of no, play? There's none of that. There's none of that like but it's my work holiday party and you're my boyfriend. So you have to go, you know, nope. Couldn't care less. Like that's yeah. not what we're here to do. Yeah. You know, he's fun at parties. I love looking over and seeing him next to me. Absolutely. You know, but that's so inconsequential to yeah. the bigger work that our union is doing for, yeah. you know, whoever comes into contact with us, I guess, because we're, we're vibing in this, this high vibration that just resonates out and has that healing effect. Yeah. I feel it coming off of you. I mean, this has been such a gift. Thank you for sharing all of this that you shared and oh, reflecting your story you. back. I mean, I think it's just going to be such a juicy listen for everyone wow. you know, to answer so all these questions. 
I'm absolutely humbled and honored and you have made my week. This has been the most fun synchronicity. And uh, yeah, I love that bliss bombing term that you used. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to borrow that if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. You bliss bombed me. So it was awesome. Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. And, and I'll, I'll put all your info time. below. Wonderful. Look all forward right. to talking again. Bye-bye. Namaste. Namaste.